Coming up on today's Locked On NHL, we are doing a best on best. I know everyone hopes that it's international, but if the Eastern Conference were to make a team, who would be the defenseman? We'll have that conversation, plus the Athletic released its top 50 prospects, and as we like to do, we're going to get mad at a list. That's all coming up on the Eastern Conference Wednesday edition of the Locked On NHL podcast. It's your team every day. Your Locked On NHL, your daily podcast on the National Hockey League. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to Locked On NHL. It's your team every day. We are free and available on all podcast platforms, including on YouTube. My name is Ross Levitan. You can find me at Locked On Senators five days a week. Today, I'm joined by Dave Morissuti from Locked On Leafs. And we've got a lot to discuss. I mentioned in the intro, Tro should let you know today's episode is brought to you by the FanDuel Sportsbook. It's the official sports book of Locked On. Make every moment more and get your no-sweat first bet up to $200 in bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com slash Locked On. All right, David, we're going to get to some FanDuel props later on. The futures are bright. The future is also bright for 50 or more top prospects in the NHL, but I want to start with the best of the best. When we were doing this exercise before the show, talking about the best defenseman in the Eastern Conference, there's a strong pool to choose from. Yeah, especially certain teams. I, I would say maybe the Metro division a little bit stronger, the Atlantic division, although we found good Atlantic division ones. But I feel like some of the top end ones, it's a good mix, good balance. I like some of the ones from the Metro a bit more, but there's some good ones from the Atlantic. I mean, it doesn't compare to those to the Western Conference. Like the Eastern Conference has a good decor, but the West would be a juggernaut if you put them together. And especially when we're talking about just points, which we know defensemen are a lot more than just that. But uh, four of the top six defensemen in last year's scoring among defensemen, all out West. Eric Carlson, it still blows my mind to see that 100 number next to him. 101 points for King Carl. Quinn Hughes was tied with Josh Morrissey. And then Miro Haskinen was right there, tied with Rasmus Dahlin at 73 points to round out the top six. We should mention Dougie Hamilton's name, the only one we didn't in there. Before we get to this list, though, David, what to you is a defenseman? Like, what is the prototype? Do you prefer yours to be more offensive-minded, more defensive? Would you rather give up some offense to be a good two-way? Like, what is a prototypical elite defenseman in your eyes? They got to be able to play both ends of the ice, right? I don't want to hear that my defenseman needs to be playing sheltered minutes just because they got to get more of the offense and they're not a liability defensively. Like, you, I, you look back, like, I don't even necessarily need a guy that's going to hit all the time or things like that because I've seen defensemen like, you know, Scott Niedermeyer can, didn't really have to be the most physical guy, but just smart defensively, be able to put up points, right? You can't just be fairly defensive you got to be able to have, be a factor on offense as well like Kale McCarr is like my, one of my favorite defensemen in the NHL because he can he can use his speed to defend against guys and obviously we know the offense that he provides and I should mention 
Kale McCarr, Roman Yossi, both out West. Obviously, they missed some games, weren't as high up in points as they were in previous years, but it just goes to show you again, the West is completely loaded on the back end. Conversely, I think when we do this exercise next week among forwards, which you can stay tuned, make sure you subscribe, Locked on NHL. I think the East is is definitely the power powerhouse when it comes to forwards and goalies, but out with the defensemen, at least offensive-minded defensemen, I think the West probably has the edge. So the way we did this was as though it's a best-on-best tournament. Who do you want your decor to be? Before we get to it as well, let's touch on some of the next ones because we have a little bit of an argument. You know, the Owen Powers, the Jake Sandersons of the world, even Noah Dobson kind of flies under the radar with a a not very offensive-minded New York Islanders team, but... How soon do you think these young kids can break in? Because it's amazing to see how like 20, 21, 22-year-old defensemen used to be groomed in the minors. Even even if you thought they were going to be stars, they would play down in the minors, work their way up. Now, hey, open the floodgates. They're playing top-line minutes at the early age. It's, It's really unbelievable to see. I think a couple of defensemen that we do have our list kind of change that idea of having these defensemen come in at 23, 24 years old because they're able to learn at the NHL level. But I do think, yeah, once these guys get to like that age 23, that's kind of where you figure out. Now, they always say it's like, what, 300 games, career games, until you figure out what a defenseman truly is at the NHL level. Some of these guys are hitting that 300-game mark before they're hitting the age of 23, right? So that that's kind of where I see it, too. If you're looking at, like, if people ask me, who are the young defensemen I'm looking at? I'm looking at like the 20s to 21 year old guys and the guys that are playing already playing significant roles. And I can see them even getting better as the years go on. So our youngest player on our list is 23 years old. And with that little tease, why don't we get to it? The top pair on the locked on Ontario, we'll call it Eastern conference, all-star team. Hey, if, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. We thought about taking Victor Hedman out of this spot. He probably had, by his standards, a lesser of a season. But this guy, if you pulled all NHL players and asked who the hardest defenseman is to play against in the Eastern Conference, my guess is Victor Hedman would still be the answer for the majority. And for that reason, he's on our top pair with Adam Fox. Yeah, I mean, Victor Hedman has always been in the Norris conversation. Even when people feel like he had a down season. He always finds himself in that conversation. There's a reason why the Tampa Bay Lightning have been so good ever since he became their number one defenseman. And all every team, if they had the choice, probably of a defenseman that they'd like to have, Victor Hedman would be that. He's got the offensive you know, instincts. He's got the size, because especially with that reach that he has, he's physical, he's willing to make sacrifices, and he plays a lot. Like he he gets there's like in the playoffs this is where I feel like um, all that time that he plays it doesn't do him well for Tampa because he just gets used so much and now they're starting to roll that back a little bit to make sure that he's able to be there when hit when his team needs him uh, Victor Hedman has been pretty much the identity of like your top defenseman of like what your top defenseman is supposed to do. In the last three playoffs, excluding this year, where he still had three points in five games and was playing injured in that first round against the Toronto Maple Leafs, but the three years before that, when they made their three runs to the to the finals, two-time Stanley Cup champions, 71 games, 
59 points plus 16 while averaging over 25 minutes a game. He is still at the age of 32. Is he 33 now? No, he will be during next season, 32 years old. He is still what every team needs as a defenseman. On the other side, though, what a perfect pair to have with Victor Hedman. Adam Fox, just a perennial Norris candidate. I know he's got one award in his bag, just like Victor Hedman, but it feels like there's still another level to unlock for Adam Fox because he took the long route to get to the NHL, went all four years at Harvard, foregoed signing with the Calgary Flames or then Carolina. You know, he's in the, the Dougie Hamilton trade and then he finds his home right where he wants to be in New York. And like number one power play quarterback, just a great distributor of the puck. He, he brings everything you need in a top pair defenseman as well. You probably hope that maybe defensively he, he could you know box out a little bit better as an undersized guy, but you take that with when the offense is as high as the ceiling is with Adam Fox. Yeah, and he plays a ton for the Rangers too. Uh, he averaged just over 24 minutes a night last year, up actually from the year before that. And yeah, I mean, he won his Norris in just his second, like his first full, well, full season his second season during the COVID year and he's a reason why the Rangers like the Rangers have always found a way to draft decent defensemen but they found lightning in a bottle with Adam Fox sure they got a little lucky that he wanted to go to New York he didn't want to sign anywhere else so they made that trade happen but I think about I think back to their run in you know last year not the year you know, the year before so 2021 2022 he averaged over 26 minutes a night and he was over a point per game player. Crazy. Like that. Yeah. There's some work to do in terms of his defensive game. He's prone to giving up the puck quite a bit, but you will take also some of that because of what he can do offensively. He is yeah. that much of a game breaker. And he only took one minor penalty in those 20 playoff games. Like he's there's another guy we're going to get to who doesn't take penalties either, but that's such an underrated part of being a solid defensive defenseman you don't want to put your team shorthanded because usually you're the one out there who should be killing penalties, not the one in the box either. But with Adam Fox, yeah, a real star. And I was going to say in the making, but when you already have a Norris and, and have been nominated for another, you are already there. And Adam Fox is on the top pair among the Eastern Conference's best defensemen. We're going to get back to this in just a moment because we have two, no, three more pairs to get to. Yes, we added an extra because we couldn't decide or narrow it down. Stay tuned for that and more. You're listening to Locked on NHL. Today's episode is brought to you by the FanDuel Sportsbook. It's the official sportsbook of Locked On. You can make every moment more at FanDuel. Take your first swing at betting MLB on FanDuel and get 10 times your first bet amount in bonus bets up to $200. That's right. Just bet $20 and you'll land $200 in bonus bets. Win or lose. That's $200. You can spend betting everything to the, from the money line to the over-unders to who you think is going to hit the first home run. It's all on an app that's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Plus, when you win, you can get paid instantly. There's no better place to bet on MLB than FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. So sign up today and visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to get $200 in bonus bets. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on FanDuel. It's an official partner of Major League Baseball. Welcome back to Locked On NHL, your team every day. Shout out to the everydayers out there that make us a part of your daily routine, whether you listen 
or watch on YouTube. You can find your favorite team's podcast as well from Locked On Leafs, where you can find Dave Morasuti five days a week with Mike DiStefano, to Locked On Senators, where I'm with Pilsy five days a week. And your favorite team makes a move or your least favorite team makes a move. You can get the breakdown from local experts on the biggest stories, your team, every day. Speaking of our team, David, we've got quite the team that we're getting here. We've already got the top pair in the bag. The second pair, though, talk about young, up-and-coming talent. Rasmus Dahlin has a spot on the left side with Charlie McAvoy, who came back from his injury earlier than I think many anticipated, and he was an absolute rock star for the Boston Bruins. He's that guy that I said that kind of changed the game a little bit for defensemen, right? He was he came, he came in he came in against Ottawa in the 2017 playoffs. Yeah, imagine, hey kid, your first NHL taste of NHL action is going to be in the playoffs. And you know what his his first thing he got to see was Eric Carlson at his height. And now he's got a bit of that in him. Like at the start, you thought he was going to come in and be a two way guy, but like he's got a lot more flash than I think people give him credit for. Yeah, and he was playing. Uh, he wasn't sheltered at all when he went into those playoffs, too. I'm pretty sure at one point he was a pair, you know, on a pairing with Zidane Chera. Yeah, well, look, look at this. I'm actually going to pull it up right now for the people who are uh, who are watching on uh, on YouTube. Like this to me is such an iconic photo. I, I need to pull it up properly. So if you want to do your little thing here on on McAvoy, and and I'm going to get this up yeah. here. I'll, I'll show it just for the people watching. I I just think it's so cool. That uh, oh man, this the cropping is is not doing me well. But basically, it's it's yeah. Carlson shaking hands after the series, and um, I heard on a podcast that summer that he said some really nice things. And then right behind McAvoy is Zdeno Chara. So it's this 19 year old who's between two of the best defensemen of this generation, and it just kind of pole vaulted his career to where we see it now. He was averaging 20 in those six games in that series. He averaged 26 minutes of ice. Insane. Welcome kid, 19 years old. And he's been in the playoffs every year since that. <laughs> like, and he's averaging in those playoff runs, seven playoff runs he's been through. He's 25 years old, everyone. He is averaging 25 minutes a game. Like, it's just. It's one of the. It's probably one of the better picks, outside of David Pasternak. That's probably the the like. That's if you're wondering why the Bruins have been able to sustain what they've been doing, it's because they found a Charlie McAvoy at 14th overall. In Amazing draft. How many teams right now are kicking themselves? You know, you don't think the Vancouver Canucks would rather have Charlie McAvoy over Ole uh, Levy? Ottawa took uh, Ottawa took Logan Brown 11th that year. Ottawa took Logan Brown. The Oilers took Puliyarvi, who's not even going to be playing next year, probably. But those guys probably would have just looked a little closer because uh, you Levy and uh, Puliyarvi. Uh, you look at who who went number six that year, Dave. Oh, uh, is that Matthew Kachuk? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so hey, a lot of talent. And then Jacob Chikrin, I think, went 16th. So a lot of really good talent went the middle round. of that. team was probably one of the better drafts in recent memory. For and sure. Boston had to hit a home run after going 0 for 3. I mean, no disrespect. Jake DeBrusque, probably a fair pick in that yeah. in that range. I know the names behind are elite. The Kyle Connor, Matt Barzal, Thomas Shabbat, Brock Besser. But DeBrusque you can live with. But mm-hmm. Sinitian and Zaboral, when you have... These guys, so they needed to hit a home run in 2016, and they did. Charlie McAvoy is going to be a perennial Norris Trophy candidate for years to come. 
And I think the same can be said for Rasmus Dahlin. The points were ridiculous last year. And you look at, there's obviously a lot of high-end talent in Buffalo with Tage Thompson, with Alex Tuck, and the list goes on and on. Their power play is lethal. But that power play doesn't click nearly to the same degree if it's not for Rasmus Dahlin putting up 73 points in 78 games. And it's crazy that he had 15 goals, and yet his shooting percentage was (laughs) 7.4. Like, even even forwards don't even score at that clip. Like it's just it's crazy to 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 me. Again, this is a guy who's got a little. He's his big improvement from the year before was his defensive game. Like that that's what has allowed the Sabers to really push forward. Is Dowling taking that step? And let's not forget, I I can't even begin to look at how many different coaches he has had. So I want to say four. I think so. I, I I'm I'm trying. I can, off the top of my head, there's been so many Sabers coaches just trying to remember off the top of my head. I, I've got it right here. Um, three. He's had three coaches: Phil Housley, Ralph Kruger, and Don Granado. Now, that shouldn't be happening to a defenseman like that. Granado is probably the one that he, he's certainly helped him get his game to where it needs to be. Kruger's probably helped in that regard a little bit. I, I thought Phil Housley would have been perfect for him because right. former defenseman, he's he's done some great work with other defensemen that he's been a coach of. But I think now that there's some stability in Buffalo, finally, I think you're going to really see Rasmus Dallian shine. I think, yeah, he still has another gear to reach, right? Everyone, you know, he was a first overall pick, and he's got another first overall pick right you now on the same blue line with him. So I think you're going to start seeing Darlene take that next step as a top-end defenseman in the uh, in the Eastern Conference in the NHL. So the top four, we have Hedman with Adam Fox and Rasmus Darlene with Charlie McAvoy. Let us know who we snubbed, who should be in the top four that isn't. Because now I'm just going to re- reveal the list here for the people watching on YouTube. But the third pair we have, and I think it's, it's probably we could call it the underrated pair. Yeah. If not for people who maybe aren't as dialed in every single day, because Jacob Slavin, you look at the numbers and maybe they're not exceptional, but then you dive into it. I mean, the analytics are ridiculous. This guy does not give up chances off the rush. He shuts down any sort of opportunity that comes his way. I think he's just, you know, the prototypical modern day shutdown defenseman. He's not Chris Pronger. He's not going to go out there and run you through the boards, but his angles are elite. His stick is elite. He took I need to find out how much ice time he had this year because Jacob Slavin took four minor penalties all year. Last year, he took five. The year before, in 52 games, he took one. One minor penalty at two penalty minutes in 52 games. So this year was eight penalty minutes in 76 games and like averaging 22 minutes a game. He's he's just a stud. So we've got him on the third pair with Dougie. Hamilton. Funny that we had uh, Fox and Hamilton. They were traded for each other yeah. uh, once upon a time. Yeah, and it's funny enough that you have two former teammates on a pairing together too, right? With with Hamilton, true, uh, right? And so I, I, I mean, I thought when I think of Jacob Slavin, I just think of that guy who is steady. Yeah, as you said, the stats wouldn't suggest he is a top end defenseman, but if you ever watch him play, if you watch. He, he just does not give up chances, and he's not sheltered. He is playing. Last year, he started in the playoffs. 53% of his shift starts were in the defensive zone. That's in the wow. playoffs. Wow. In the regular season, they're kind of 50-50 a little more. 
Um, but before then, especially when, when he was paired, I think he was with Brent Burns quite a bit, but this is a guy who was at one point in his career was starting 59% of his shifts in the defensive zone. That's how much he's relied upon defensively. And, you know, Dougie Hamilton, I think the New Jersey Devils have uh, have uh, really done well with that contract. I know that some people were questioning the deal because Hamilton, the biggest issue for him has always been his health, not being able to stay healthy. But it seems like he has finally found that right home for himself in New Jersey. And I've always, I mean, I'm always, the Leafs are always tied with Dougie Hamilton because of that trade with the Bruins. I'm always going to be haunted by that. <laughs> so, yeah, Dougie Who was Hamilton. was the other player they gave up in that trade? Um was it some guy named Sagan? Sagan? Yeah, yep. 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 it was. <laughs> Just the many things to remind myself of uh, why I'm okay with the current Leafs or Dream right now. Yeah, no, that's fair. So, And Slavin, yeah, you're right. He played almost primarily. I shouldn't even say almost. He played basically holding hands with Brent Burns. In, uh, in five-on-five action this year, Jacob Slavin played 1,182 minutes with Brent Burns and only 186 minutes without him. So they were tied at the hip. Hey, one number gets called. You know the next is up. Who's up next on our list here? This is like the best of the rest, but man, I had a tough time leaving one of these guys out in particular. I mean, look, like Noah Dobson is a guy that – that it's funny because a lot of Leafs fans are like saying, oh, if the Leafs could make a trade for defenseman, go get like a Noah Dobson. I'm always hearing that name out there, right? Um, better be willing to play up, right? You know, like, and some people might not believe that, but you know, this he's he's a young defenseman. He, I look back to that that Memorial Cup run that he had uh, with Akin, oh. just absolutely unreal. Like how how good he has been, and the Islanders have a gem there with with Dobson. It's he's he's got a little ways to go, you know, but I think he is up there among the you know top. And he's 23. Some may think that he's younger, but it took him some time to get because the Islanders did it right. They let him season in the minors for a little bit before they gave him full time NHL minutes there. Yeah, man. Absolute star in the making. I think and Noah Dobson, good PEI kid. But we've also got Hampus Lindholm on on here right. with Brandon Montour, two guys who, you know, the points were there. And, and Lindholm, like what a breath of fresh air since being traded to Boston. Hey, everyone knew he was a good defenseman, but kind of toiling away in Anaheim a little bit. This guy, mm-hmm. I know plus minus isn't everything, but this guy was so head and shoulders above everybody else, led the league plus 49 plus 49 like imagine with 53 points as well like this guy just brings it on both ends of the puck the the extension he signed is, is going to just look so team friendly for the rest of that contract and uh i mean people thought when it was signed it's like man you're you're giving this guy you know six, that much term you you ha- had just traded for him like i think it was like the day after he got traded yeah. there it's like does he even fit in but you're like no they saw the talent that he has and they made sure to lock him up quick Defensemen like that don't get don't come up very often. The Anaheim, I think back to when he was with Anaheim, they had like the stud, def- like they had Montour, they had Lindholm, they had Theodore, they had Fowler, Vatnin back in the day. Too. They had a murderer's row of defensemen. A lot of Swedish guys too. It's always the Swedish guys. Oh, and when yeah. Bruce traded for him, just like, oh, you've got to be kidding me. Yeah. Like, it was just one of those trades where you knew like it's going to help stabilize that defense. And when you get him in a good situation, like 
I always hate when people are down on defense and said, look at the situation they're in. And that's what Lan- and that's how what Lindholm found himself in. That's what a lot of the guys that's like, that's what I'm telling myself with Thomas Shabbat. I'm hoping for a big breakout. Look at Brandon Montour. Yeah. Resurrecting his career in Florida after it looked like things well, were going downhill. These guys were former teammates as well. Yeah. Right. So wow. like, Buffalo, no offense to them. They got the they finally are turning things around. But like Montour, when they made that trade, boy, I wonder if they wish they had gotten more because like that playoff run for Florida. Amazing. Amazing. Everyone was talking about Brandon Montour and for good reason. Absolute star in the making. So let us know who we missed. Those are our top defensemen in the Eastern Conference. Victor Hedman with Adam Fox, Rasmus Dahlin with Charlie McAvoy, Jacob Slavin with Dougie Hamilton, and Hampus Lindholm with Brandon Montour. My next up would be Noah Dobson, followed by, you know, Sanderson Power are pretty interchangeable for me at least right now. We'll see what the next couple of years bring with that. And, I mean, there's some great high picks coming. Seaman Nemich uh, coming up with the Devils and a few other guys. So we'll keep our eye on that as we go. Next week, we're going to do the forward core, a best-on-best Eastern Conference forward core. What will it look like? We'll discuss that next week. But coming up after the break, the Athletic released its top 50 prospects list. We're going to take a look at that and some FanDuel futures. It's the Connor Bedard Show after signing his entry-level deal over at FanDuel. So you can check that out. More Locked on NHL next. You're listening to the Eastern Conference Wednesday edition. Welcome back to the Locked On NHL podcast. I'm Ross Levitan, joined by Dave Morissuti. You can find us at Locked On Senators, Locked On Leafs, respectively. Hey, Dave, one day you should do Locked On Sens. I'll do Locked On Leafs just for a day. Just see how mad we can get people. Oh, I could get people pretty mad in Ottawa. Well, we got people mad in Detroit last week with my take there. Man, I don't even think it's a hot take. No, I don't think so. <laughs> like, it, is that- everyone was telling me in the comments, oh, Detroit's rebuild just started in 2020. It's like, well, they picked top 10 since 2016, but I get it. I guess that's when they finally moved on from Ken Holland. The Steve Eisenman comes in. As they call it. 2019, I'd say. We're well, one year off. In order. Yeah, it's all good. We appreciate all you Detroit Red Wings fans for commenting, helping out the show, and it all is in good fun. I hope the rivalry, I've just been trying to stoke the flames of the rivalry between Ottawa, Buffalo, and Detroit. Because the rivalry with the Montreal Canadiens right now for the Sens and probably the Habs too, although or the Leafs, I think the Leafs have trouble with Montreal, don't they? Historic in the last few years? Yeah, they have. Something happened in the playoffs recently? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, let's uh, yeah, let's bring that. I I don't hear about that every time from Locked On Canadians. It's the only uh, thing they get to celebrate now. Yeah, yeah. They don't know how to draft anymore, apparently either. Yeah, you know my you know my favorite thing is with uh, with the Habs. Ottawa went four and zero against them last year, but they also played them in uh, preseason games, and they beat them in uh, Nova Scotia, New Brunswick, Quebec, and Ontario. So they beat them in four different provinces last year. So I got I got a good kick out of that one. Um, and hey, by the way, rookie tournaments are being announced. So there will be hockey in September. We're not too far away from that. And that's when FanDuel will ramp up. And that's also where prospects will get a chance to shine. Scott Wheeler, who's a friend of the network, he's appeared on many shows. Uh, we like to get mad at him sometimes when he doesn't respect the players on our teams, this and that. But it's always must read when he puts out his list because it's clear how much thought goes into it. And just like... Right now, it's the top 50 drafted prospects. And number one, drumroll, 
Connor Bedard, no surprise there. But it, what really I find interesting is the top five prospects are all from this draft. Do you think that's recency bias or was the 2023 draft just that good? I think there's a bit of both. I think the 2023 draft was quite exceptional. 2022, like the 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 list doesn't like scream out like great, you know, cornerstone prospects like the 2023 draft does. Yeah. We kept hearing about these guys. I mean, I, I mean because I also have to think that the other drafts were impacted by COVID. A lot of these junior seasons were impacted. These are the guys that, are, that came in 2023. They had the benefit of not having those restrictions on their development. So I feel like that played a factor too. But yeah, I mean, w- when you have a class that leads with Connor Bedard, <laughs> like, it's going to it's gonna look pretty good. And you know, I mean, Batvave Mitchkov, it's funny because he's listed as second on the list and yet was selected at six overall because so, nobody wanted to take that chance on the Russian. Yeah. I, I was just going to say that was my main surprise was, was seeing, seventh overall seventh overall seeing yeah. that Michkov, And it's just like, man, the talent is clearly there. It was just a matter of putting it all together. So that was my big surprise. Also um, just how many defensemen there are kind of clumped together there in the, in the late uh, single digits, early second, he's got a list of five defensemen in a row from Luke Hughes to Nemich to Juracek to Brant Clark to Simon Edmondson. So I, I think that's an interesting tier and, I mean, Wings fans are probably punching air that Edvinson's uh, the last of those five. I'm not trying to start anything, but just saying um, he is the last of those five. Also interesting to see just kind of the ones who hang around because oftentimes, like the 2020 class, we've seen a lot of, lot of graduates. Like Tim Stutzel just put up a 90-point season in the NHL, but then like we still have Marco Rossi and Alexander Holtz. Like there's still players from the top 10 in 2020 who are still on prospect lists when others are top line players in the NHL. So I find that always an interesting balance of how do you like, is there less value when it's, when you're 21, 22 years old, if you haven't cracked the NHL yet. And maybe that comes to the recency bias that I was mentioning. I guess it also depends on where they've been drafted too. Right. I mean, also some of these guys are playing in Europe and it takes yeah. them a little bit longer to get over because they have contracts to fulfill in. And, and frankly, the teams that are picking them don't want to expose them to the NHL right away. They want to keep them away from that. Let them have fun and success in Europe. Let them mature a little bit before they come to the NHL. So there's that factor too, I do think. And I think with like a guy like Marco Ross, who we know his issues yeah. with health and things like that. But other than that, yeah, like 2020, a lot of these guys didn't play a lot in 2020 either. In 2021, like those were those are things I consider as well when I'm looking at the at this list too. Which is also why some of the players that have been moved around, I'm a little, I got an eyebrow raised. I think there's some guys who've been snubbed a little bit here. Oh, who's been snubbed? Oh, I mean, I am a huge Logan Stankoven fan. I think he is going to, like, the Dallas Stars, whoever is running their draft has done a superb job. He has found gem after gem, despite the team not having a great pick. Like, this guy. I think Logan Stankoven was... I think he was still a top 20 guy. Uh, oh, sorry, no. He's a second-round pick. What am I talking about? Like, Stankoven, to me, deserves to be a lot higher. I know he's probably closer to being in the NHL. Maybe that's why he doesn't get as much that prospect uh, ranking as some of these other guys who are kind of new to the game. But he's a guy there that I think is going to be a stud when he gets to the NHL full-time. And then 
Olin Zellweger is the other guy. Oh, yeah. Like another player dropped in the second round that I feel like could have been a first, like easily have been a first round pick. Like Anaheim just finds these, uh, finds these guys out of nowhere. So, like, those are two guys. And look at the list. Like, uh, Stan Coven on this list is 21 and Zellweger's 28. To me, that seems like these guys should be a lot higher based on where they are. But the guys that are above them are a lot younger. So it feels like there's a, there's ageism going on here in this list, and I don't like it. I, I think that that's I think that that's very fair to say because you you look at it too. Like I know Scott Wheeler probably doesn't uh, care as much as NHL teams, but um, the size of Logan Stankoven will always be working against him until he proves in the NHL that he can do it. But that's Scott Wheeler's list. You can go check out the complete one at the Athletic. Always great read, and uh, we're looking forward. I'm going to have Scott Wheeler on our show uh, coming up in mid-August, and uh, he's always a great interview as well. Now, to wrap up today's show, we talk about this list of top prospects. Number one on that list is none other than Connor Bedard. What kind of season will Connor Bedard have as a rookie in the NHL? I'm going to go read off the FanDuel props that you can go see right now, fanduel.com slash locked on. David, I need you to tell me over or under. Connor Bedard, regular season goals, 32 and a half. I'm going to say over because he can create a lot of goals on his own. Okay. Well, how wild are you going to get then? So that's minus 113 either way. Now you can do alternative line for goals. So you're going to be all over plus 30, which is, which is minus 265. So you got to lay a lot to get there though. Plus, you think he's going to crack 35 for plus 135 is kind of where I'm at, roughly in that 35 to 38 range. He's like, he's going to be playing a lot. He's going to be playing power play. He's got Taylor Hall. He's got someone to play with. I think if Taylor Hall can stay healthy, I think those two can work well together with Hall's speed and playmaking being kind of the calling card of what he brings. And then Mm -hmm. if it's Lucas Reichel or if it's, you know, even even Nick Foligno, I could see him being kind of the guy who goes into the corners and can kind of grind out, kind of be his bodyguard out there too. But I'm gonna lay I'm gonna lay like half a unit on 40 plus because the number is just too good. Plus yeah. 560. Come on. Like we're I think people are under valuing valuing Connor Bedard's goal scoring ability. Like you saw, like I don't know if you saw what he did in the WHL for the vagina pads. Um I saw him he, uh, I saw him live. Yeah, when you see what he did at when you see what he did at the World Juniors, right? Just completely taking over for Canada there. Coming back, and I think he like this guy was putting up seven points in a game. Like it's like at a ridiculous clip. And so, yeah, of course there's going to be that that transition period for him. You have to hope that when it comes to Bedard, the that. It's not overwhelming to him, right? When teams are going to try to take away that goal scoring ability, but this is a guy that can find a way to put up goals, like, and that's why I think thirty two and a half is a, is it's probably a good number for him to try yeah. to reach. That's why I think the over is good. And I I do like your even at thirty five plus at plus one uh, hundred fifty four one five four. It's not too bad either in terms of value. Well, if you're watching on YouTube, you can see we're on quanthockey.com, a great resource. These are the top goal-scoring seasons by 18-year-olds in NHL history. Wayne Gretzky, shocker, he's got the record at 51. Then it's Dale Howardchuk at 45. Sylvain Turgeon at 40. Those are the only three guys with 
or more goals. In more recent history, Sidney Crosby got to 39, Patrick Laine got to 36, and Jeff Skinner got to 31. So that's just kind of a benchmark that you can see that it would be pretty historic if he could get to 40 goals this season. I think that's a, a very high, obviously the odds reflect that at plus 540, but I just think, man, I'm not going to be the guy who bets against Connor Bedard. No. I'm just not going to be that guy. And, and that's me. That's me too. Because I've seen, I've watched. Everyone's watched him so much this year. The spotlight doesn't affect him at all, and that's why I think he's going to be able to do it. I love it. You can go find more props at FanDuel. For example, Alex Ovechkin over under 40.5 goals. I'm again not probably not going to bet against him either, but uh, you can go have all your say over at FanDuel. FanDuel.com slash locked on. Dave, any final thoughts on today's show? Appreciate you joining me, man. That was a lot of fun. Oh, it's always fun. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm surprised of how many odds there are right now on FanDuel. Like they're getting ahead of the game. That's why I like FanDuel. You can kind of get into that a little bit earlier, and if you feel like you can get a good some good odds before the other odds, odd book or sports books try to get their things pumped out. So go and take advantage of that right now if you feel like you got a guy that you wanna you wanna bet, throw a little little wager on right now. Amazing. For more from Dave, go check out Locked On Leafs. You can find me tomorrow, Locked On Senators. This has been the Eastern Conference edition of the Locked On NHL podcast. It's your team every day.